This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Garden Talk here on AM 1170, KCBQ and KPRZ. I am David Ross, along with Mark Mahady and George Allman. We have no Ken this morning. Well, yeah. I, hopefully he's going to be celebrating his birthday today. That is... I don't know if I'm supposed to announce that. Well, it's too late. Uh, yeah, I know. So whether you are or not, Happy birthday, done. Kenny. Happy Sleep birthday, in, Ken. Baby. Happy birthday, Kenny. So now everybody knows. I guess I'll check with him and make sure it was okay. We could take it out of the future cast. Well, yeah. It was my bad. No, it's you know I like to jump the gun. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Good morning, everybody. I, I like to be good the, morning. The, How always are you? the bearer of good news. I'm excellent. Whether or not it's... I'm good, too. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Sorry. Whether or not... Yeah. yeah. Today, the part of David will be played by Mark. Hmm. Or some reasonable facsimile thereof. Exactly. Um, How is everybody? I'm okay. I'm doing it's well. It's been a decent week, and you know, we talk about how warm it's been. My standard go-to is as long as it cools down at night and I can sleep, I'm okay. And the weather changed late this week. And it, what was it, Thursday Thursday night it became cool, it was cool in the evening. Yeah, it it was it was nice. I enjoyed it myself. It was actually cool at the nursery yesterday. I mean, relatively speaking. Yes. It was a lot nicer yeah. yesterday outside. Yeah, it, totally different feel, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And I like it. You like it. I, Our I like plants the heat, like but it. I, I know the plants like it. Yeah, I do enjoy the heat. I do enjoy the warm weather, and that is something that we get here with limited cold on the other on the other end. But it was nice to to feel it this week, though. It's supposed to warm up a little bit more and get humid again. That's what they're saying. Some but monsoonals next week. Is that what you said? The monsoonal flow will be back on the in the mountains and deserts. Like yeah. I said, I have Little a I have a roof off of one of the back side of my house, so I assume it's going to rain. Well, if it's going to, it'd be a great time. We need exactly. it. So thanks yeah, for thanks well, for sacrificing to the rain gods. For that's us. what I do. <laughs> it's all about everybody else. Yeah, yeah. That's you know when I look at you and I think about you, that's what I always think of. It's yeah. always about everybody else. Exactly. Right. Kind, generous, caring man. Well, you're blushing. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you you for that. You know, I'd hate to ask. No, I don't hate to ask. Why am I saying that? I didn't see the moon this morning. Was it there? Did anyone see one last night or this morning? mm, I did not. I don't know. I saw a headlight. That's all I saw. You know what? If I go over to this dial on the face of my watch, the one that shows the phases of the moon, it's totally darkened out. Perhaps because there's no moon right now, no visible moon. Did I still hear howling? I thought I heard it too. No, that okay. maybe maybe our engineer slash hear, producer it sounded like was a howling. Wolf howling. Yeah. No. Okay. There are no werewolves outside. No, I think Vampires, they're. I think they're inside. Maybe. I think inside, they're inside. Yeah. Um, if you want to give us a call, the number here is eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. So, what did we do this week in the yard garden? What did we have to deal with? What did you come across at the nursery or 
You know, I, it was a pretty. Uh, oh, wait a minute! Tamed. Wait a minute! Oh, go, go you're bra- yeah, you're breaking way the, out of way out of line. Here. Do we have any classes coming up this week? Oh yeah, yeah. I today, mean today maybe oh, in particular. Yeah, nine o'clock on Saturday morning today. Today, um, at Point Loma, we have a Chuck McClung's coming in to do a, a class on orchids, getting orchids to rebloom because it is. It's pretty funny. People buy orchids in flower typically, so they know what they look like, and a lot of times they don't get them to come to to rebloom. He, he's a, he's a, a a very good speaker. He's he done a couple up at the Poway store, and one of the things I like is he 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 cuts to the chase. Right in the beginning, he said there are this there are this these types of orchids, and if you recreate their environments for each one, this is how we get them to rebloom. And then right. he goes into more detail, but it's it, it very. You know, quick and easy. This is how you get this type to rebloom. Yeah, and he's he's got a book out about that right. too. And we sell rebloom. it in both of our stores. Correct. What's Correct. it called? Uh, how know, orchids rebloom? How orchids yeah, rebloom. How, how orchids rebloom, and that's exactly what he'll be speaking about today. Yeah, you know, he was the first person that I've listened to speak that was talking about know the environment that the plants come from, so that you know what they like. I've never thought about plants in those terms. I've thought about what we do to make things grow, but I've never thought, well, look at what they want. Well, you know, it makes sense when you go to botanical gardens and such, they recreate the environment for that specific type of plant and, Correct. and merge them with other plants that do well in that yeah. ecosystem. Oh, it, it makes perfect sense right. now that he said it, but I never thought about it that way. Well, right. Chuck's always been a, sort of a, a genius to me. I mean, again, that's not saying much Well, it is me. coming from you well, yeah, because yeah. you don't generally – Praise. <laughs> I mean, and, and <laughs> but he is, he is so, I mean, and again, he's very down to earth too and explains things very regular simply guy. because. And even his book points that his book starts with, look, you're, you're buying this because you want orchids to rebloom. I'm right. going to give you tons of reasons and how to take care of everything. But in the beginning, this is how you'll know, hear these five steps, for example, will make right. your orchids rebloom. Right. Bloom. So it's, it's a five step program for the orchids. It might be six. I made that number up just for illustrative you know, purposes. Yes. Do not quote me. It's funny because I have seen some of the wealthiest people in this county I've seen there outside the kitchen where they were given an orchid as a gift and then they didn't want to throw it away because it was a gift and so they put it outside and it doesn't ever do anything again but they don't want to throw it away because it was a gift right Um, and we also get customers that will come in and say how do I make my orchid rebloom well what kind is it Oh, I don't know. The kind you get at the grocery store. That's what I the response yeah. I typically get. And it's not in bloom now, so they don't know. But sometimes you walk over to the orchids and they can point out one that looks, oh, yeah, it's this kind. But that's they're out of bloom, so they don't know what it looks like and they don't know what it's going to do. Exactly. And we can't. They all take a little bit of different care. Correct. Very true. But it'll be an interesting class. Yeah. 9 a.m. at Walter Anderson Nursery, 3642 Enterprise Street in San Diego. It's correct. Just north think, of the airport and MCRD. I think we'll try to bring him up in September, October to Poway. Okay, you work there. on so, that. So speaking of Poway, today. Yes. Is there a class there? There is a class there what, at 9.30. It's going to be summer vegetable care, or as we wrote on our schedule, summer veggie care with Richard Wright. Oh, okay. We like Richard too. You know, I don't Good know. Man. Yes. Yes. I don't know why it's acceptable to me, and I always abbreviate it to veggie, but it's should be vegetable, shouldn't it? Well, in the professional world, yeah. Oh, oh that's why I don't. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for I clarifying that. I just wanted to point that. out why it says veggie as opposed to vegetable. But, you know, that always brings me to veggie tales. And then you're going to sing? 
No, no, okay. no, 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 no. That's what we should have talked to Brendan about. We should have had the Veggie Tales. The pirates who don't do anything. The pirates. <laughs> I wasn't going to sing that. Everybody so has a water buffalo. La la. No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love Veggie Tales. Yeah, oh, sorry. Um, Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Poway Summer Vegetable Care with Richard Wright. Richard Wright, and he will give you tips on how to, not to, what to, what to look for. It's hot right now, so a lot of the plants are suffering a little bit. Know. And uh, I wonder if he, he if he has that Roy Wilburn tip of don't plant lettuce in August. No, oh. just just shovel prune it all and replant. That is that is a that is a Roy. Just cycle it out and move it in. Then you don't have to take care of it, which is a uh, that fits perfectly with my lifestyle. So I'm I'm adopting the the Roy Wilburn method, and then you don't have to go to class. Is that the way we should be approaching it? No, I think uh, well, people should come in and have I a think, cup of coffee. Yeah. Mingle. See what you what you still can plant, and not only that, you can always learn something. Of course, no matter how smart one might be. Seriously? Yeah, I'm sorry to tell you that. All right. Except you. Yeah, someone like yourself who knows everything, you couldn't learn, but other people might pull a nugget of information by being there. It's totally impossible for you to learn. Not that I have ever thought that I know everything. That I knew everything. Two thirds of everything. But all I have to do, and I've been spending a lot of time visiting my folks lately, and all I have to do is sit down and have a conversation with my and dad. you can realize and then, that you don't know anything. You know, when, you're, when you have kids, they get to the point where they know everything and you're an idiot. And then when you have adults, well, anyway, it's a, it's a whole it's a little... circle of life. Cir- it's a circle of life sort of thing. <laughs> yes, Thank you, yes. Mark. Um, and I stopped by there yesterday on the way home and got to learn a few things. Got to, to learn how much I don't know again, which is nice. You know? now, now, was it in the context of you heard things that you truly didn't know or you were told that you don't know? You probably weren't even I told would go, that. I'll, go, I'll go ladder. Okay. I'll yeah. go ladder. It's, it's just the conversation is, yes. I, yeah, <laughs> it's just, anyway, um, I did notice at my folks' house twice this week. Owls oh. came out during the day. I, it looked like a couple of uh, fledgling owls that were heading out. Interesting. And they were just sitting on top of the pool house looking for rodents or something. And then uh, the next day I went by and there was an adult running around. So, or, well, they don't run around. I was going to say. It flew by. I was Are you sure changing. it wasn't a roadrunner? Yeah, it, it flew. And it flew silently. So that's how I, you know, run silent, run deep. That's how I knew it was an owl. But it was flying away. It was a different color, and it looked bigger than the, the other ones. Fledglings. Which, and the fledglings weren't small. But it was kind of cool to see them sitting out just saying, hey, what's going on? Scope, they know scope, everything, and they were yeah, – they were, out the area. They, they were the – Do you remember the, the Mark Twain quote about your father and age? No, what well, is Mark it? Mark Twain once said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But – when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in seven years. <laughs> <laughs> that's so well. Actually, oh, when you were telling me about your, that's that no, came to I, mind. No, I appreciate yeah. that. It brings brings it home. Um, uh, we knew, I knew growing up that he he knew a lot. It's it's now that I realize how much I don't know. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just let go. <laughs> you paused just there for a bit. Yeah, it looked like you were going to say something. Well, 
I have been told once or twice in my years, probably at my house, um, to sometimes think before you speak. Only twice? uh, In the last 20 minutes. Um, But just real quickly, I want to do a public service announcement. I got a panicked call from my mother yesterday. Just a quick, uh, a lot of us know this for for fact and gospel, so we don't worry about it. But she got a call from allegedly my daughter telling her she'd been in a horrible accident and she was... uh, had been in surgery and she'd been under arrest and, you know, she's just going to need some money. And then she was given a number to call back and talk to the legal aid person to help her out. So I said, mom, it's a scam. Just relax. And I hung up and called my daughter and talked to her on her cell phone, which that is one of the beauties of a cell phone. Any other time you wouldn't be able to reach somebody and then the panic, but it was just a total scam of somebody trying to get money. And if, but for those who know that that's coming, they know that's coming and it's, Obviously a scam, but there's people out there that don't know that. Well, yeah, I mean they take advantage yeah, of elderly. They, exactly, exactly. They take we discussed. I mean, naive, and they want to help. You know, they want to, people want to help other people, but yeah, it's, it's it is amazing how people will play on that and take advantage. Well, with like like David and I were talking, social media allows yeah. you to have some tidbits of information where you can, you can yeah, portray you can. that individual very easily. Well, you got to be really careful. Right. I mean, again, I'm. I'm no expert on social media by any stretch, but I don't put anything out there because, because it's you accessible. just don't know. It's and it's, once it's there, it's, it's there. always yeah. there. And in the, the five or ten minutes it took her to call me to bring me in on this horrific uh, incident, uh, she was in tears and she was yeah. a mess. Yeah. But it was all just baloney. And uh, she said, I should have known. She called me grandma. And Jacqueline never calls me grandma. Well, it's so, good that she I in mean, retrospect. Yes, but so be very be very wary. If you would like to give us a call and talk garden talk and any other scams coming across your lives, uh, the phone number here included garden scams is eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. That's eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. We're going to take a quick break and we'll talk to you, Larry, when we come back. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we are back. You know, with uh, some songs, I know where to sing and where not to sing. And Well, I guess it's just a general rule. Don't sing. But with the new songs, I don't always know. You don't know when to jump in? I am. Don't di- make me sing? 
Don't make me. <laughs> that sounds like a song. Um, I am David Ross, along with Mark Mahady and George Allman. Ken is off celebrating his birthday. And so he will not be joining us this morning. Hopefully he's sleeping in before doing something fun. But before we went into the break, I promised you we would go to Larry in Oceanside. He wants to talk about bacteria citrus, which I don't even know if we want to talk to him about that. Is it too late? Good morning, Larry. Hey, uh, hey guys. I'm, I'm hoping that this is a scam. But I, was, I got an a email from our uh, mayor of Oceanside. It said that uh, from Camp Pendleton to Carlsbad Village to the ocean to Melrose is a quarantine area for this Asian bacteria thing that's hitting, and they've gotten some trees in Oceanside. And the only antidote is to cut the tree down. And uh, someone has 37 fruit trees and such. Um, what have you heard about it, and what's what's going on? Sadly, Larry, it is not a scam. Uh, it is real. And I got the email notifications yesterday about the quarantine um, it didn't give me many of the specifics, which made implies that they have a find, a confirmed find of HLB, Huang Long Bing Citrus Greening Disease in that area. So um, what you have heard is true, and the infected trees get removed. And I'm not sure, I think it's a 1,000 feet or there's a. I'm not sure how far from an actual find they start removing citrus trees. It's carried that that disease is carried by the Asian citrus psyllid, and, and it's uh, incurable at this point in time. There is some promising research going on with uh, Australian finger lime trees. Thank you with the Australian finger lime trees, and COVID, of course, has been one of the reasons that the testing has been delayed. So we don't know the results, but they have some very promising. Uh, treatments with the using the Australian finger lime as a as a treatment as a spray. And the the insect will, will will you know eat out of different trees, and if it bites an infected tree and makes it to an, an a non-infected tree, it can carry the the bacteria and in, infect the tree, and that becomes problematic. We've had the the insect itself around for a while here, but no indications of the disease until we saw this. When when the Asian citrus psyllid was first found in San Diego County. It's probably been 10 years now. And the Ag Department made a concerted effort to stop the bug. And they were spraying and they were doing uh, treatments around the county for the bug. But they were not able to get a handle on it. And the bug is not a problem unless we have the citrus greening disease that they spread. And that was found on a tree in Whittier four or five years ago, uh, somebody brought in some illegal budwood to do some... In 2012, so almost 10 years. Um, That's when they found the first tree or the bug? That's that's when they found the first HLB disease in Southern California. It's been 12 years. So The The insect was introduced or found here first in 2008. You know, just (laughs) everything's just a few years ago. It is. Correct. Um, but somebody brought in some in, infected and, and, yeah. budwood to graft a tree for friends, and that started the disease in Southern California, and the genie is out of the bottle, and it is going to continue spreading. We hadn't had any confirmed, find, confirmed finds in San Diego County. Um, actually, I think there was one close to Fallbrook, but now this sounds like a, a real one that they have up there, and it's going to keep spreading. And so our only hope is to find a cure or a treatment, 
It has decimated the citrus crops in Florida and Texas and everything in between. Um, and we had hoped that it wasn't going to get out of control here because my citrus is just coming. I mean, it's hitting its stride. It's coming down the back stretch. And I didn't want the race to end prematurely. We were, Capri and I were talking about that the other day about, you know, do we want to continue planting additional citrus trees with this lingering out there? Yes, and I, I think so. Well, yes. I do too, and I said I don't think it's an issue yet because it hasn't gotten down here. However, right now it's if it is up, in but it's probably head, still it's still yeah, a couple to a few point. years away. Well, it takes from, five years to kill the tree once it's stat, once it's found. But I mean, once it's in there, but once if you find it, you, you're not going to let it get to be five years. You have to get rid of the tree. Correct. Do you have the info on the research? I think it's from UC Riverside. It was UC Riverside. I don't have much more detail in front. But of But somebody had isolated a a gene or something in the Asian or the Australian finger lime that uh, that protects it. Right. It, it does the not seem to Australian be susceptible. finger lime is not susceptible. So that's where we're at, Larry. What do you? Yeah, there's. Uh, they did find two trees on Gold Street in Oceanside, which is near the back gate at Camp Pendleton. And um, and it does that mean when they quarantine that they said you can't transplant to anywhere out of the quarantine area. But if you got fruit, I mean, I don't sell it or anything. I just give it away to neighbors and friends. Well, that's what they're uh, asking you not to do right now because that can move bugs around. It could be inadvertently you could have psyllids on the fruit and give it to somebody who doesn't have the problem, and then now you're putting a you're helping the bug and the spread. disease to spread. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, the great Lauren Carroll was a friend of mine, the old uh, weatherman. Oh, yeah. Uh, TV. Uh, he used to tell me all the time um, that, you know, even when you mow your lawn, is don't put it in the uh, green waste or your branches of your trees because if it has stuff on it, it just recycles it in the green waste. And he said throw it in the garbage so it gets buried. Should we do that with the fruit as well now? I, I would keep all of your citrus on your property and not move it right now. The, uh, the uh, University of California IPM says you can, you know, move fruit if it's washed and free of stems and leaves. Okay. You know, I, that may not be, does it talk about the UCIPM? Is it talking in direct correlation to a... It's talking quarantine. about quarantine, and it, it says, yeah, if, if you whether you are inside or outside a quarantine area, it says, you know, not to transport wood and such like as we said, and leaves and all that, but for actual fruit, it says it can be. Yeah, we have tried to have a lighthearted show here, and then Larry goes and brings us <laughs> down. Um, be very careful. Yeah, I know. Right. Be very careful and. Leaf uh, trimmings and things like that, I would keep on the property right now. Uh, that goes for most areas of the county, but especially where they have the find. I, I was wondering, they had had that find right around Christmas, just towards the end of last year, early this year, and I was surprised we hadn't heard anything more. And I was talking to a friend of mine who was in the know about these kinds of things, and having an infected tree doesn't mean the entire tree is affected equally. So when they're doing testing, you can't just pull one leaf off and test it and then know that that tree's infected. It, you have to take multiple, uh, apparently, pieces off of the same tree to to ascertain whether that tree is infected or not. And that, that yeah, can become one heck of a, a right. process. Right. Uh, so, yes, it's here. No, do not move things. 
George is going to allow you if you wash and remove stems and leaves um, to still share with your friends. Be, just be very, very careful. It was. Uh, and if you think your tree is diseased, you can you can go online and look at what what the symptoms look like. If you believe it is, there is a hotline that you can call, and, and I'm sure if you've got that letter from the mayor, that number is probably uh, on that. They'll sheet be out as there well. quick if. Uh... And it does take the symptoms a long time to show up. We, when this first started showing up, we were seeing things with just trace mineral deficiencies and any um, anomaly to the tree people were attributing to citrus greening disease. And that is not, it is not ubiquitous here in the county yet. So most likely it is not, but yes, it can be. And the closer you are to ground zero, the more important it is to be careful. All right. On that happy note, none of us are. Thanks for calling, Larry. Thanks for, thanks for uh, bringing down San Diego. You know, normally yeah. it's David who does that. I, but I appreciate, Larry, you taking care of that All for right. us. And now, Have a good one, guys. You too. Thank Take you. care. Take care. You know, it's, it's a scary thing that's lingering out well, there. Yeah. I mean, quarantines are for a reason. Right. I mean... And people and, and you don't know when I, and I speak to people that. when, when yeah. we're talking about citrus at the nursery because they'll see the tag and the, yeah. and, and I'll explain it to them because we have customers regularly yeah. that want to buy yeah. a tree. Will this survive? Well, this will survive in Arizona. I said, well, probably, but you can't take it to Arizona. Yeah. Oh no, I'm going to give it to my brother. I'm like, no, I, he goes, I can get it well, there. Your, your brother shouldn't take yeah. it there either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's. They have there's reasons, and again, sometimes you don't think about the reasons, and you it, it's you, just like, hey, I I'm just going to do what I want to do. But I mean, it it is amazing what what can start, and that is what that's exactly it. Look at what that one person bringing in budwood, trying to be helpful to his local community. I right. believe it was a pumelo, um, did that, and and now it's unleashed the right the bad genie. Right, it's, in Southern I mean, California, I'm, nobody's intention to do that. No, but well, I don't think so. Well, I would assume I could be wrong. One of the greatest bioterrorism like things of all time, um, because they wipe out the citrus trees and then everybody gets scurvy. Yeah, that, yeah, the, we, that was that the big plan. I'll be a limey. Yeah. <laughs> we can go back to uh, Leptospermum, we the, can. Tea tree the tree to get can. to New Zealand tea. Now, why is it? Go ahead. Give your little factoid. What? Why is it called a New Zealand tea? Because no, Captain, yes. Captain Cook used the, the plant to help uh, stave off scurvy, with yes. vitamin C. In it. I just figured I'd grow citrus instead. It's um, tastier. <laughs> it, it is. Well, I don't know. I've never had tea. Tea I, made from, yeah. I can only imagine it being a lot less, uh, a lot easier to use the citrus than it would be the lepto. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go, you know how I can... Go on tangents. Um, Ken Allen, was that the name of the orangutan that used yes. to escape? Can you just picture me sitting with my leptospermum branches in a corner like Ken Allen, just picking off the leaves and eating them? Yes, I can. Can you see me as an orangutan? Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easier than I thought it would be, David. <laughs> yeah, it's not that difficult. If you would like to give us a call, hopefully with good news and not Larry-type news, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. Oh, I'm a little... Yeah, I'm a little premature. Um, I, back when this first showed up, when they started checking and testing for the psyllid, I started having that internal debate. You As know, well, do I even right? waste my time? But the citrus is so enjoyable. We've gotten so much oh, yeah. enjoyment yeah. out of it. 
I've shared a couple of pieces with you guys. Yes, before. you have. Over the years, absolutely. I, I did have the psyllid on one of my lime trees in Rancho Penasquitos about five years ago. And I, you know, saw saw everything, called the county, spoke with them, and they said, okay, thank you. <laughs> they said, we don't have the disease here, but thanks for letting us know the psyllids are around. Well, run, run along, boy. Yep, go away. Run along. If, if, if you develop symptoms, please call and us that back. that is part of that problem, but it's like when people hear about things, everybody thinks well, they Well, the, the thing that, that they wanted to know was to make sure that I knew what I was looking at. Correct. And I said, I do. I said, I, you know, I work at the, I went through the whole thing, my, my, my professional credentials, and, uh, and they say, do you want us like to send you pictures? And I said, no, I've got it right here. Here's what it is. And I ex- explained it. And they go, okay, that's definitely it. Let's not worry about it at this well, point. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, but, but people see leaf damage or see oh, yeah, damages. Oh, people regularly coming in with zinc or, or magnesium deficiencies in their plants. Yeah, I have HLB. I need uh, to, yeah, I have like, to cut my tree. I'm freaking most out. Most likely you don't, but right. let's, I mean, let's I'm not look. saying you don't because I don't know, but yeah, let's but not. it's not likely yet. Yes. It's coming. It is spreading. And hopefully this treatment from the University of California, I believe at Riverside, will come yeah. to fruition. <laughs> well, fruition, I see what you did it? there. Yeah, yeah. Are you, yeah, No, I'm not. If, if you would like to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we are back. Good morning, San Diego. You are listening to Garden Talk. We are letting the sun shine in, but if I can see clearly through that window... It's still a little overcast in quite a few areas of the county, so the sun might not be shining in yet. Wait a minute, you can see quite a few areas in the county from that window? Well, yeah, there's a reflection off that building, and it's going in different directions. I see, so okay, I can, I can got see. it. And I guess hyperbole you, much? you can get some, <laughs> some Windex and clean the window and let more sun shine yeah. in. All right. Uh, you are listening to Garden Talk here on AM 1170 and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with Mark Mahady and George Allman. Ken is off today. And enjoying himself. So we are allowing that. Before we went into the break, we were having a very sad moment, a somber moment, talking about Asian citrus psyllid destroying the citrus crops here. But let's talk about something much more exciting, shall we? What we was shall. Wednesday, what was Wednesday Wisdom this week? Wednesday Wisdom. One of the nice things I think I've shared about Wednesday Wisdom is I— well, since What I is do Wednesday it, Wisdom? Wednesday Wisdom is a, a, a something we put on our Facebook page every— Usually Wednesday. Sometimes I do a Thursday edition because I get tied up with something. But Wednesday Wisdom is something that interests me because I do it. So something that sparks my interest, I'll throw on there. And this week, Wednesday Wisdom was on bats. And Capri and I were watching the sunset, and all of a sudden, these bats showed up in front of us as they were bantering could, around. Could, 
may I interrupt you for a moment? Of course. We have a call about more citrus. So before we go off onto the bat tangent into the bat cave with Batman. Okay. Absolutely. Let's go talk citrus with Shirley in Claremont. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning, honey. I thank you very much for taking my call. You're very welcome. We're, we're happy to do it. How can we help you? Well, you were talking about this orange tree disease, and it, it, it floored me because here in the last uh, month, I've just been beside myself because I have uh, two grapefruit trees and two orange trees. They're all, uh, they're not ha- hybrids, very, very old trees. Uh, beside my house, they all blossomed beautifully. Uh, they're just loaded with blossoms. Leaves were beautiful. Then all of a sudden, I looked at this one tree out there, and I noticed that why the the leaves are are kind of curling up and beginning to fall off. I wonder what's the matter with it. Well, and within ten days, the tree was dead as a doornail, and uh, it, I don't know what happened to it. It, it died. It died. It turned into uh, a, a shrub that looks like it's been in the middle of the desert for a hundred years. Well, I don't, I don't, think, like I don't it. think it's. it's yeah, the, the HLB disease takes yeah. about five years to destroy a tree. Yeah, so it's not that. So don't. I mean, it's, so no, don't. This 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 tree died within a matter of two weeks. Well, that's unusual, I would think. But and uh, I want to know what caused it. it. The healthy, beautiful tree had little oranges on it the size of a big grape. How often was that tree watered, and how was it watered? Uh, well, I watered it. Uh, I have a, 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 a little, little sprinkler system out there, and I water it probably uh, at least once a week, very thoroughly, about half an hour once a week, at least. Sometimes more when it's been when so you dry. Said, when you say little sprinkler system, is it, is it a drip irrigation system? Uh, no, it's okay. a spray system. It, it probably needed more water. And another th- couple of things that even if it's getting adequate water that can contribute to a decline and a collapse like you're describing, uh, scale, insects that get on there and take a lot of the energy away from the plant, even no matter how much you're watering, if you have an infestation, that will harm it. And I've also had to deal with gophers taking out a, uh, a significant portion of the root system on some on one tree in particular when it happens that quickly did, yeah. did you notice a lot of ants by chance up and down the tree no okay. no okay. i didn't i i would look at insects gophers or just that they're not getting enough water that that would be the only and it hasn't been sprayed thing. with yeah, anything particularly this time of year i mean if the tree is surviving but not thriving and then all of a sudden it gets really hot and there's not enough moisture it hasn't been sprayed with anything or Neighbors no, that may have no. sprayed an herbicide? No, I haven't. I didn't spray it at all. I haven't sprayed it at all. It just, uh, I just watered it with my sprays, just like they have on lawns. You know, you have a sprinkler system that's yeah, in that, the lawn. That's usually and it sprays, not well, adequate. That's what I had uh, alongside the it, house. If it's an old tree, I mean, lawn watering isn't Yeah, lawn watering is typically not adequate no, for I, a right. big tree. But it probably needed longer or more. Right. I think you said it was being sprinkled like a lawn sprinkler. Is that correct? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a lawn sprinkler. It's out how, it's, you know, how it sprays on the, on the lawn, yeah. and that's the way it was out there. And I would, uh, when I'd run the water out there, I'd run it between a half hour and 45 minutes. I mean, it was soaked. Well, it soaked. may, the, the roots may have outrun the coverage, so it may have needed a, a longer soaking over a wider area now that the tree is older. In Claremont, it shouldn't have needed it more than once a week. But for it to dry up like that, either it is not enough water, it is an insect problem, a gopher problem, 
or a combination thereof. But those would be the, the most likely reasons for it. And how can I tell to, uh, what it was? To, I don't want it to happen to my other trees. Well, uh, you're going to have to go out and investigate it. We can't tell you because we don't know. Uh, we're not there, but it sounds like the things that he, yeah, dig in the soil yeah, and I see would, what's uh, going dig, on. Dig next to the tree and see if it's wet and, after yeah. the watering and or if there are holes underneath from gophers yeah, now chewing the roots. Now that it's dead, I'd go about four or five feet out from the trunk of the tree and I'd dig down a couple of feet and see how, how much moisture there is actually in the soil. And, I mean, if, if it is saturated, if it's sopping wet, that could have killed it. Uh, otherwise... Take some of the dead branches and bring them into the nursery, and exactly. uh, we'll we'll take a look and see if there's any bug problems on there. But those are the you want an an, 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 uh, an investigation yes. as to what caused this tree to die to go from a beautiful tree just coming out with beautiful fruit and within two weeks be stone dead. Yeah, that's yeah. it's. I mean, it's almost impossible for that to and, happen. So the we, only we, other other possibility that I can think of would be that. Maybe uh, one of your neighbors doesn't like that tree very much, and they could have sprayed it with something. That's unlikely, but it's possible. Thank you very much for the call, Shirley. Um, yeah, bring, bring us some pieces, and we'll yeah, see we'll if we can figure, figure it out. out. Uh, now, we'll bring it to. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I guess we hit a nerve with the citrus thing. Yeah. But it's okay. Let's it's all good. Head down to... Flint's, or not down to, out to Flint Springs. Uh, Michael in Flint Springs, is the sun shining out there? Oh, no, it's a little overcast right now. Out here, it's nice and cool. But that lady you were talking to, I have the same problem. I have some nice uh, lemon trees, and they just died out. First one died out, I pulled it out and replaced it. Now I got two more lemon trees. It killed them really quick. I sprayed them, I took uh, some pieces down the, down there on Pacific Highway. Have them checked out with you guys, and they just oh to spray them. So I've been spraying them and everything out, and it is just dying. Now the orange tree died. It's got to be something going on trees. in the root system. I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, I mean, it's it's just. I mean, citrus just doesn't die. You know what I mean? You, you, we you need to figure out what's going on with the watering or. Uh, well, Flint well, Springs, you might have watering. some gophers out there. Been, oh, yeah, it's possible. Like I said, yeah, but, there's yeah. gophers, but and then I have those other thing moles, a lot of moles. Okay, and those things yeah, are going to do been damage. Watering really good, and I sprayed it with Captain's Jack, and I washed it all down, and it just man, uh, like that lady says, is the same problem. I got over here, and it just, just died, died. Well, dig into the ground. Like I said, it's got to be something going on in the root system. It's not, I mean, unless it gets In the absence of, of insects all over the tree yeah. or well, the irrigation yeah, breaking. I had, I had some aphids, and I had They're not going to kill it. They said down there. And Captain Jacks yeah. won't do anything yeah, for Captain aphids, Jacks by the way. Captain is not going to help you at all for that. So what I would do, oh. Michael, is once a year whether you see bugs on it, and, and this is for everybody out there, whether you see insects on your citrus trees or not, I would start spraying your citrus trees once a year with horticultural oil. Uh, now is not the best month of the year to do it. Right. It'd be better to do it earlier or later. But the Monterey horticultural oil is uh, safe to use up over 90 degrees, so you still could. But frequently there are insect problems on citrus trees that you don't even see correct and normally we don't recommend spraying for something you don't see but 
the horticultural oil is only a suffocant. It's only going to kill by smothering. So you're safe to, yes, to use not, it on not an a edible. poison. It's not a poison. And frequently, well, remember this whole thing with citrus started years ago with Larry in Oceanside. Remember his, yeah. his lemon tree was done. And it came back. And it came back as he sprayed it with horticultural oil. Yeah, bad case of scale all over right. it. So, and then on a new tree, they're going to need so much, they're going to need frequent shallow irrigations on on younger trees new ones that go in especially out there and the only thing that's going to wipe out a tree right away after a transplant or a new tree that's first summer in the ground is most likely i say the only thing the the most common cause is a lack of water correct right and you've been growing trees for a long time so you have a little more experience with it than most other people but um Frequent shallow irrigations of new trees and less frequent deeper irrigations of the established trees are what are required. And spraying with oil will take care of the bugs and watching for rodents. Uh, no matter how much water I put on my poncon, it was still wilting because the There's root no system root was system. compromised yeah. by gophers. And I didn't see them. Uh, I couldn't see the mounds because there was mulch under the tree. And when I finally found it, and I've gotten two gophers from under that tree, the tree's better. It's still not as good as the rest of the trees in the row, but it's better. Yeah. We're going to have to take a a break, Michael. I hope that answers your question. Uh, If you want to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. You're listening to Garden Talk on AM 1170 and KPRZ. We'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. The weather started getting rough, and the tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The All right, you're we not going to sing. I want to well, keep the seven listeners. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back to Garden Talk here on AM 1170 KCBQ and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with Mark Mahady and George Allman. Ken is off celebrating getting older. I guess we're getting to another that point trip around, where we, Another trip around the sun. Around the sun. Um, so, so People might ask why we were listening to Gilligan's Island theme there. And we're going to get there, I think. It's a segue of sort. Oh, okay. So back to bats. Yes, sir. To bats. So Capri and I were sitting on the porch watching a bunch of bats, you know, dart around the front yard eating insects. And you so I saw start, them eating insects. Absolutely, I've keen, you know, keen you, insight for an older okay. man. So, Go ahead. Um, but I, I, I started thinking. I, I don't know a lot about bats in San Diego or how many species or you know what we have here. So I, I did a little research. Hence this week's Wednesday wisdom. And we have twenty-three bat species in San Diego County. There are nine hundred and fifty-one species in the world. Of the 23 that we have here, 21 of them are insectosaurs. They eat insects. Two of them are nectars. Insectosaur? Insectosauruses. Okay. Um, of interest, Sorry. there are three species that 
drink blood. I in San Diego County? No, those are in Transylvania. No, okay. um, those are actually in Mexico and South America. But do they observe borders? They do not. So they well, could they have, have come pass, up. They have COVID passports. Okay, so but we good. do not have. We do not have blood sucking or blood here. eating. Um, Bats in San Diego County. Okay. Um, anyway, they are they're very useful. San Diego Zoo has a, a very good web page which we link to on our Facebook page, um, talking about their how useful they are as pollinators, and they pollinate uh, flowers, cacti. This is the one I didn't know that they do avocados, bananas, dates, and mangoes, mangoes. and peaches. I did, why I did, do they? How, I, how I, do they decide? I have well, I guess what's in season. You know, you don't usually see bats during peach blooming season because it's cold it's colder yeah but i do enjoy seeing the bats because i'm assuming they are eating insects i don't have the keen eyesight you do so i can't see them eating them but they are doing the motions and flying around so i'm assuming darting about however why the gilligan's island song? so you and i discussed this after i i posted it and we were we were bantering about bats and how useful they are, et cetera, et cetera. And then the next morning, coincidentally, you had come in. And, and so tell your story about bats. So I, every night, go down to lock up my chickens to make sure the raccoons don't get through the fence and wreak havoc upon my chickens. And I have a spotlight. And so I was, as I go down the driveway, I'm looking for what kind of creatures run across the yard. Usually it's skunks and possums. But this time there was a bat right in front of me. And it was hanging in front of me, kind of, it looked like it was suspended. It was flapping its wings. Looking its at the light, probably looking for insects in the light. But I think it, well, I assume, because they, they fly around me, that they are seeing me through their echolocation. And so they're checking out what the big bug is. Um, but it was, or a pest. it was hanging, the pest, well, that we know. <laughs> um, but it was hanging out right in front of me. It looked like it was kind of just suspended there, which reminded me of a Gilligan's Island episode where they had vampire bats on the island so, and they were... Yeah, and I don't think you said Gilligan's Island. You first said it reminded me of a show where the bat was hanging in front and then I said well, the Gilligan's Island episode or something like that. I think I'll we, give we, you credit. I don't think it's due, but I'll give it to well, you. I'm I, not well, somehow we point. both agreed that, that Gilligan's episode, uh, the Gilligan's Island episode was And that was is exactly that. what this bat looked like. It was so fake the way it was sitting in front of me just kind of hovering there. Um, it looked like it was on the string from the episode of Gilligan's Island and so... Hence. See, I would have thought of I would have thought of Grandpa from the Monsters, but that's okay. Oh, that's another good oh, one. Oh, that too. is a good one. Very good. Yeah, but didn't think yeah, about that. Either way, one. but yeah, I, I remember both of those shows. So, right. yeah. thank you for bringing it bringing right. it back. But so anyway, that's the, hence hence Gilligan's Island relating to bats, which are good and we like them and they're useful in our county. Exactly, because bats like spiders. Most of our bats, like spiders, eat insects. Correct. And they help the 23 species. They help us not to be overridden with insects. That's how we tie this into, oh, and pollinating. And pollinating. Yeah, okay. Very, very useful in pollinating. That's how we tie it all together. But you know, the, some bats eat, um, in addition to nectar and insects, some eat fish, frogs, some eat other bats. The biggest bat in the world has a six-foot wing spread. That'd be a big bat. That's a big bat. That's yeah. That's the one you hope. There's is not, not one of those in San Diego. No, correct. No, you are correct. You don't have to worry, go out one night with your spotlight. Exactly. Right. That would be frightening. And I, I remember as a kid, my neighbors had a well. We all had avocado trees, but he had they had caught a bat 
in an avocado picker. They thought they were picking an avocado from way up top, and we went down to take it out. It was a bat, and I'd never thought about I mean, that's the only other time I've thought about bats and avocados. I didn't well, know they were pollinators. Funny story. Well, I thought it was a funny story. When I was like seven years old in Syracuse, New York, there was a bat in our mailbox, oh. which was kind of strange. That is strange. I thought you were going to say you had avocado trees in Syracuse, was, New York, which would have been was, even stranger. What was even more strange is, well, I probably shouldn't. I won't even say it, but yeah, my, the way my dad took care of it. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. At any rate, um, a nice a nice childhood memory. Yeah, it's funny because you know, I hadn't thought about hang it. Hang on, we got uh, I'm sorry, we have to leave bats and go to Andy in El Cajon and see New Guinea impatience patients. Question, Andy. Good morning. Good morning. I have a quick question. Um, I've been in the landscape industry for many years here in San Diego County, mm-hmm. and back in the day, we used to buy New Guinea impatience. patients. But they would grow to like three foot tall, some of them even a little bit larger. And now you never can find those in any nursery. I even go to your nursery and put them and look around, but I never find them. What's the story on that? Breeding and wanting more flowers in a smaller package, most likely. I yeah. haven't noticed that, but I, now that you say that, that's it's true. That's I mean, true. It's funny what we see go through and then don't even think about it. But uh, yeah, New Guinea patients used to be huge. And I. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't even know if I've had anybody talk about well, New Guinea patients. They're sun patients now, yeah, right? They've changed the name from yeah, New Guinea patients to sun patients now. I, I think they have fallen out of favor for the, the smaller ones, which will give you more flower in a more compact space so that they can sell more at the nursery, and that's why the bigger ones have, have disappeared. But the, the big variegated ones that would be yeah. two to three feet tall were gorgeous. You're absolutely right. I hadn't thought about those until just now until you brought it up but it's the truth and things like that happen all the time it's they keep changing and hybridizing and and things fall out of favor and if, if there's not a big demand for it the growers aren't going to grow yeah, it either and they kind of lead the you know lead by growing new things and i don't know it's i wish i had a good answer for you don't really well, have uh, that, that sounds, yeah that sounds understandable is there any way to get seed for that I, probably I haven't I haven't looked for it. We don't sell it in our seed racks, but you might be able to find it online. Yeah, I, I would take I a look online and see if you so. can find them. We only have a minute left, uh, Andy, and we have one more call, so we're going to have to cut you That's loose. Fine. Yeah, you thanks can... thanks for calling, and you could give us a call. Yeah, at call the nursery, the nursery the too, please. Uh, Bob, quick citrus question in Otay Mesa. Good morning, Bob. Yeah, you mentioned a young citrus tree. In years, what is a young citrus tree? Well, in years, it's it's less than two summers in the ground is a young citrus tree. And it, and it doesn't matter what size it is, or relatively what size it is when it comes out of the nursery, but it's years in the ground. Once they've been in the ground for two years, they are established, um, and then they become an older tree. Three to five years in the ground is an, it's more of an established tree, unless you're going to the big boxes, um, the big box trees. That's going to do it for another week of, or another morning of garden talk bob we have to let you go because we're running out of time it is a week um auto talk is coming up next hope everybody has a great weekend and a great coming week by walter anderson nursery your source for gardening landscaping and horticulture news still have a question for the garden talk crew or want to learn more about the show how to become a guest or sponsor send an email to ask an expert at walteranderson.com 
That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.